0: Praise the Lord, everyone. If I hadn't had a chance to speak to you this morning, well, forgive me. Uh, some of you got here late. I, Brandy and David, how are you all? Uh, I think I've spoken to everybody else. It's important, I think, that we, we speak and that we, uh, we acknowledge each other. And uh, that's, I think that's part of our fellowship. And uh, so it's, uh, it's great to see you in the house of the Lord today. Pray that the Lord will speak to your heart. Uh, if you have your Bibles, would you turn to me to the book uh, with me to the book of First John? Uh, we're gonna be uh, looking at chapter two. 1 John chapter two. It's gonna be just three verses. I preached a long time on three verses, but I'm gonna try not to do that uh today. Uh I I say right. Yeah. Anyway, chapter uh two, first John, uh, beginning in verse 15. Love not the world. Everybody say that with me. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, now listen to this very closely the love of the Father is not in him. Y'all saying a joke? It's not just words. It's the word of God. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, Mm -hmm. but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof but he that doeth the will of God mm-hmm. abideth forever. Forever. Thank you, Jesus, Amen. for your word. Thank you, Lord, for impressing men of God to write down the Holy Scriptures. Thank you, Lord, for preserving it us for such a time as today. Speak to us, O God, through that word. Speak to us, O Lord, from your heart. Speak unto us, O Lord, and open our ears and our hearts that we might hear and receive from you today. And to realize that life is not all about what we can accumulate, what we can gather, how much fun we can have, how many fish we can catch, or how much game we can kill. But it's about serving you. It's about knowing who you are. For all the rest of it is gonna pass away. But those things that you have given us, those things we have received from you, are eternal, and they will. Abide forever. Help us to realize this, understand this, and learn from it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 You look at this, uh, this scripture, we need to ask God to help us obey the word. We don't do it on our own. We're not capable of doing it on our own. We must have help from God in order to be obedient to the Word of God. That requires something from God that we must have. It requires us to have the Holy Ghost in us. It requires us to be filled with the Spirit of God, to have the power of God in order to be a witness for God, Amen. Our witness for God is the life that we live that is seen by the rest of the world, that is seen by other people. It is seen that we know him and that we love him and that we obey him. Amen. He knows we're not perfect. He knows that we're not uh, righteous on our own, but we have to have his righteousness within us. We have to have his perfection within us. We have to be covered in his precious blood and we have to call upon his name often in order to receive the forgiveness for the sin that we have. He allows that and gives that to us. And y'all, the Bible is full. The, you, can, you can barely breathe without sinning. Let me tell you, the Bible says you can't even be born without being born in sin. Amen? Amen. And sin separates us from God. And the Bible tells us here, because we as human beings have a love relationship with this world. We do. Don't deny. We all do. I do. You do. We're in this world. We're not of this world, but we are in this world. And oftentimes when the Bible speaks of the world, it's not always talking about worldly things, it's talking about people. But it also talks about worldly things, worldly possessions, worldly pleasure. And so he says in this scripture, John, I like John. John is pretty blunt. You know, Peter has got this reputation for putting his foot in his mouth. John's got a reputation For when he tells you something, you don't have to try to figure out what he just said. He he lets you know what he's telling you. This is one of those verses that that tells us what the Lord has shown, John, that we must know. Amen. And he says this commandment right off the bat. Look at it. Do not love this world. Amen. Amen. That's what he said. I'm not making this stuff up. This is right in the scripture. You're looking at it with me. He said, not only do you don't love this world, but you don't get carried away with loving the things of this world. Let me tell you why. I hear this all the time. Well, I got to make a living for my family. Well, I got to provide. Well, we got to do these things. Well, we got to go to. Yeah, you got to do a lot of things, and you need to do a lot of things. And God provides us time to do a lot of things. But when we take our all of the time that is designed to praise God and do those very things too, now we've made that an idol to our own selves. We have put it ahead of God. We should never put anything in this world ahead of a relationship with our Father through Jesus Christ, His Son. Amen. It should never happen. And God frowns on that. As a matter of fact, this is what he's talking about, and he says this also, if, if, the, if any man love this world, the love of the Father is not in him. Amen. Oh my boy, it, 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 John's got a way of making us all very quiet, doesn't he? Amen. Because we're all looking right now at our own lives and what we do on a day-to-day basis. And for some reason, we've got it in our head, if I can just go to church, a lot of you don't need as much church as the rest of us do. Amen. Amen. Some people can go one time a week and they've done their civil duty to God. Amen. Don't y'all hate preachers that get nosy like this? If I go twice on Sunday, I have done something for Jesus Christ. Now, if I go on Wednesday, I get bonus points. (laughs) We really think we can get to church now. Because a lot of us use the same old excuse I don't have time. I've got to go do this. I've got to work and then I got to come home and I gotta cook and I gotta do this and I gotta clean or I gotta 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 how many times do you think God said I'm sick of here and I gotta mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. My son died for you Amen. You've gotta give him glory You've got to give him praise. You've got to give him worship. You've got to witness. You've got to testify. You've got to, got to, got to do that because he's God. He's the Lord of all glory. He's the King of kings. He is the one that bought you with a price. He's the one that died on the cross for your sins. He's the one that shed all of his blood for you. You've got to serve him and you ain't got to do anything else. Woo! Oh, it's really quiet in here now. How many of you ever don't raise your hand? <laughs> I've caught a couple of them raise hands. <laughs> don't do it. How many of you ever, ever used the excuse I gotta do this? And I don't have time to do this for the Lord. So I didn't really mean it that way. Yes, you did. This word is very plain. To love the world more than you love the Lord means that you don't love the Lord. He don't play second fiddle. He never has. He never will. And you can put him second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth in your life, but if you're not having him as number one, he's not in your life. That's what the word just said. Hmm. You said, Well, wait a minute. We're talking about church. We're not talking about God, really. How do you distinguish that? What is the church? It's the body of Jesus Christ. You neglect the body of Christ for the world and the things of the world? No. You don't. Not and say, I love God. Now look at this. For all that is in in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now, these three things that's listed here are the very things that happened to Eve in the Garden of Eden when Satan tempted her. That's why the Bible is still applicable to today's world regardless of how smart and scientific we get. Because these things aren't there, they're here. They're here, they're here, and they're here. They are in us. That's what makes us sinners. That's what makes us born in sin and shaping in an iniquity. These three things are always in every one of us. And when Satan got ready to tempt Eve, when Satan got ready to draw her away from fellowship with God, now listen to me, because that was his goal. He wanted to destroy the fellowship that Adam and Eve had with God. He's still doing that today. He's still using the same lust. He's still using these three things to draw us away. If he can draw you away from the fellowship, if he can draw you away from the church, if he can draw you away from those other Christians, if he can just draw you away, he, you don't love God. He can get you in disobedience with God. And sin, the Bible says, separates us <coughs> from God. Amen. Amen. Hmm. And so he gives us these things that he, that he says. And when you think about the story of, of uh, Adam and Eve, uh, and Eve's falling in the garden, and, and Eve didn't fall by herself, by the way. Eve was tempted and Adam volunteered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we ain't letting them off either. When the woman saw that the tree in Genesis verse 3 and 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, you know, the first thing the Lord did was pay her focus on what he told her he couldn't do, that she couldn't do. The first trick of the devil is to focus you on what the Lord forbids you to do. I'm fixing to get really nosy now. What the Bible tells us we can't do is a list as long as this building. And those are the very things the world tells us today it's okay to do. Amen. Amen. I could go and read all of the scriptures of the things that the Bible tells us will keep us out of the kingdom of God. And listen to me. People who say they're Christians are doing these very things. I'll well, give you a short list: lying, stealing, mm-hmm. backbite, gossiping, mm-hmm. hating your brother, fornication, adultery, mm-hmm. homosexuality, transgenderism. Bestiality, that's a new one that's come back. Animal gender. All of these things according to the word of God, everybody say the word of God. (laughs) Will keep you from the kingdom of God. And this is the very thing when we bring these things up. The world, you know what the world says? (laughs) Don't judge me. Amen. So when did telling the truth become judging people? Amen. If you love somebody, how many of you in here love your children? What would you do if you got a two-year-old and you look outside, and you let him outside to play for a little bit, and you look out there and he's standing in the middle of the highway. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, son, have a good time out there. Watch the cars. Have a good time while you're playing out there. You're not going to do that, are you? You know what you're going to do? You're going to break your neck. Screaming. <laughs> running. Crying. As hard as you can. And you're going to get out in the middle of that. You're going to look either way. You're going to go to that child. And you're going to grab them up. And you're going to grab them to a safe place, aren't you? Right. then you go, you might spank them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you're going to love them and you're going to risk your own life. Listen to me. Picture this, people going to hell. People you know going to hell. People you love going to hell. Your husband or your wife going to hell. Your son or your daughter going to hell. What will you do? What are you willing to do to keep them from going to that place called (coughs) hell? What are you willing to do? It is quieter and quieter all the time. Mm -hmm. That's what we're facing today. (laughs) Well, we've allowed the world to tell us to quit talking about it. You're judging everybody. And we've withdrawn in our little shell and said, okay, they don't wanna hear it. I ain't telling them. Listen to me. You know why that scripture says that people who do these things, the love of God is not in them? Because love tells truth. Mm -hmm. Scriptural. Love. The love of God tells truth. Why? Because we're prisoners to this world. We're prisoners to lostness. We're prisoners to sin. But the Bible tells us that there's one thing that will set us free. What is that? Jesus said, You shall know. The truth. And the truth will set you free. Amen. <laughs> to love someone is to not worry about their feelings as much so much. It's to make sure that you've done all you can. You can't be saved for anybody. That is something that each and every individual must come to themselves. Right. But they need to know what they must do and who they must trust in in order for that to take place. And then, we must learn of Jesus Christ and know what it is that we do or can do to please Him and to know those things that do not please Him. Amen. Mm. we better know and there's a reason for that now i want to tell you something we, we 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 let what other people think people of the world think interfere with our work for god let me let me say this to you god don't care about the opinions of the world Amen. Amen. he don't care about the opinions of a hypocrite. Hmm. He don't care about the opinion of a reprobate. He don't care about the opinions of the theologians. He don't base his word on mine or your opinion. And it says what it says, it means what it means, and it means exactly what it says and we can twist it around all we want to and make it look like we're good when we're not, you're going to be in a heap of trouble one of these days. And why? Why do we do that? Because we want a piece of this world. We want to be like the world. We want the world to grab us and say, "Woo, we like you. We want the applause of the world. We want the world to consent to us. And if it does not, then we change what we're doing so that it will. (laughs) That's why the Lord tells us you are not of this world. We're in this world. And wherever we are, we stick out like a sore thumb. Now let me, we're gonna get some more church now. We're supposed to stick out like a sore thumb, not because of the way we look, but because of the way we act. Amen. Amen. And when you don't act like the rest of the world, they look at you, oh, here they are, oh, them old holy rollers. You know what? I get so sick of Hollywood, trying to rewrite the word of God and rewrite the life of the person who loves God. Amen. They ain't got a clue. Amen? Amen. Now, John gives us the reason that the Father requires us. He tells us of these lusts. He tells us that we are not to be this way. He tells us that we are not to desire the things of the world. And then he gives us another important reason why we don't need to listen to this world. Listen to it. Verse 17, because it's going to pass away. Now I know most of us has heard this all of our lives. He's coming back, you've heard that? How many of y'all ever heard that? And this world ain't going to make it. How many you ever heard that? Well the scripture says, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, listen to what it says. But the day of the Lord is going to be like a thief in the night. He ain't talking about the rapture here. Rapture's going to take us out before this event ever happens. He's talking about like it was in the days of Noah when nobody was expecting the rain to fall or the water to gush up from the ground. They weren't looking for that. They just thought old Noah was an idiot out there building an ark, in a place where there wasn't even any water because it never rained. He ain't nothing but a nut job. The world thinks you're that way too if you're living for Jesus Christ. You're a nut. Yeah. Yeah. You're living for something ancient that don't even apply to us. And don't know all the steady building that on. <laughs> And every day they come by and scoff at him and poke at him and make fun of him and talk about him and talk about his family and go off and get together and drink and party and laugh and have a big old time talking about that stupid idiot Noah over there and his dumb kids and his ignorant wife building a boat out the middle of nowhere. They are nuts! To the right. <laughs> nuts! Yeah. Idiot. Have another drink! Hmm. <laughs> Let's go over there tomorrow, let me meet over there tomorrow and poke so fun at him. No, I ain't even paying no attention. He's telling them about God. He's telling them about the one who could <laughs> redeem them. He's telling them that it's coming and they won't listen to it. And then one day, something happened. Well, they were making fun and scoffing. They were at work beating on rocks and doing all the whatever they did back then and they all laughing and giggling talking about that idiot Noah still out there building it and somebody said you know what I went by that the other day and work stopped well did you see him? no I didn't see him Wasn't nobody out there wasn't no hammers it was quiet door was open maybe he died Maybe he finally got some good sense and he went out and partyed a while. And then they heard something they'd never heard in their lives before. Thunder. Lightning. All of a sudden water began to fall from the sky. All of a sudden water began to gush up from the underneath the earth. And all of a sudden, they thought about that idiot in his boat as the water rose and rose and rose and they tried their best to get to him. But when they got there, something wrong. What's wrong? The door's closed. We can't get in. It's too late. What are we going to do? They're going to die. 120 years he begged them. And they all died in the flood. And Peter says, It's going to come like that. And look what he says, there ain't going to be a flood this time. In thee which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The Bible says in that day there's going to be a boom like's never been heard ever in the history of mankind. And when that boom is heard, when that noise is heard, The air around us is going to catch on fire. The very elements, the things this is made of, the things this is made of that you can't even see, are going to begin to burn, and it's going to set up a chain reaction that will not, cannot, and stop. The heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat the earth and the works that means everything in the earth everything we've fought for, everything we've worked for everything we've accumulated, everything we've left God to have in our hands is going to all burn up one day (laughs) and the people of God are begging people quit doing that Come to church, find Jesus, serve him, get saved. We're begging you to do that. And people say, I ain't got time. Amen. I got to. And there's going to come a day, listen to me, when the door of the ark is going to close again. When that fire comes, it's over. It's going to be more devastating than the flood. Everything that is shall be burned up. Well, what can we do about it? (laughs) You can turn to Jesus You can purify your souls. Troy preached a, a sermon one time and taught a, a lesson, what you want to call it, entitled But God. Church never forgot it. And I'm so glad for the but in verse 17. Mm-hmm. Because all these things that are going to burn and all these folks that are going to burn up like they did in the days of Noah. The ones that do the will of God and have salvation are not gonna burn. They're not even gonna be there. They're gonna be in Christ, who is our ark of Satan. We're gonna be lifted above the flag. We're gonna be carried to another place. I'm going to read you about it as I close. Let me read this to you. There's going to be some people burning, but for those who know Jesus, Revelation 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven And the first earth were passed away. Mm -hmm. They already burnt. Mm -hmm. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. It was prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. The fellowship that was lost in the garden is going to return to the new earth. God is going to come down to us And he is going to dwell with us. You don't have to wonder who he is anymore, where he is and what he looks like. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's going to dwell with them and they shall be his people. Let me tell you something. If you're not his people now, you ain't going to be his people then. And God Himself shall be with them, oh Lord, and be their God. And He's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. You know what that means? He wants us weeping now for the lostness of this world and there shall be no more death. There shall be no more sorrow. There shall be no more crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Those things are gonna burn with this earth. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new, Glory to God. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give (laughs) unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life, freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he will be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers, and and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. Jesus' invitation is always the same. Never changes. It's always come to me, and I will give you what you need to be there. And I will give you what you need to keep from going to that lake of fire. It's His call, it's His promise and it will happen, the way He said, and all of those that abide in Him as He abides in them will be in that new heaven and that new earth. Amen. Would you stand? Brother Jim Boss yesterday during the men's breakfast brought a devotion. He didn't think he was doing too much. Spoke volumes to me and some of the rest of us. And he asked a simple question. Is how you're living your life now Pleasing to God. Wow. We need to ask ourselves that question every day. Lord, am I pleasing you? Because, see, when that path comes, when that new heaven and new earth comes, only those who can say, I have pleased God are going to be there. Only those who have believed God will be there. Only those who have lived the love of God will be there. Only those who have never denied Him, who have never been ashamed of Him, who have been His witnesses, who have testified for his glory given him honor when it wasn't the thing to do those people will have a reward those people will have a crown called the crown of righteousness He's going to give it to us on that day. And we're going to sit at a table with Jesus Christ himself. The table that he's prepared for us. The God of all glory, the King of kings, the Lord of lords is going to serve us. Oh, what a God. Oh, what a Savior. We all first. We got to get this world out of our system and get Jesus Christ in our soul and in our hearts. And we gotta get rid of this I gotta spirit that keeps us away from him and his service. And we gotta get a new spirit called I gotta please him first.
1: report Chasey called me a moment ago. The scope showed she had ulcers in the bottom of her stomach. They carterized them and they said that should stop her from losing the blood constantly. And I gave her I a saw. unit of blood. Yeah. She said experience you know. <laughs> of her life. Amen. you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Mighty God. Mighty God. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: A living God. Amen. He's not only alive, he's on that throne, Amen. and he is in complete control. Amen. Have faith in him. Amen. Not this world. I love y'all. Thank you for being here today. Just carry this with you. Carry these thoughts with you. Carry these prayers with you. Continue to pray for these that have been called out by name today. Continue to visit those that are shut in, those that can't get out. Continue to call them. Continue to pray for them. Let them know you love them and that you're still thinking about them. Let's be the church that Jesus is coming back for. God bless you all. I don't even know how to end something like this. Amen. I don't want it dead. I want you to just take it with you. So just, we're not going to pray a dismissal prayer. We're going to dismiss you in the hands of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glorify Him today. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles. Go ahead and turn to uh, back First John. I'm gonna, y'all going to get tired of First John before I get done with it. First uh, John is one of those books that uh, man, when you study it, if you don't get a blessing out of First John and and a lot of good instruction out of First John, you're not going to get it out anywhere in the Bible. Amen. He is uh, really, really uh, down to earth. He's really to the point. He's very blunt. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but I like bluntness and uh, I like to know what it's said. So if you have your Bible, we're going to kind of go reverse from this morning. I talked to you from uh, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 this morning. I want to talk to you tonight. Uh, from verses seven through 14 in chapter two. So we're gonna back up a little bit. <clears throat> and uh, this is some uh, something that John has told us about our father, uh, about what an advocate he is. He uh, he mentions the uh, commandments and he, he just goes through a lot of stuff and details here that we as a church need to hear and be uh, aware of. Uh, so let's go ahead and read this these verses. Uh, chapter two of 1 John. Beginning in verse 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you. Which thing is true in him and in you? Because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you. For his name's sake, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. And I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Father, thank you for your word. Bless it to our hearts, bless it to this church tonight. May we hear it, receive it, understand it, know it, and live by it. Lord, we thank you that you love us so much that you've given it to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So, upon reading verses seven and eight, it's almost like John actually contradicts himself. He first says, that uh, I have no new commandment, and then the next verse, next verse, he says, "I'm going to give you a new commandment." And the thing about it is, it's not uh, it's not an, a new commandment; it is an old commandment given to us a new way. And so we, uh, he 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 does not contradict himself, uh, but he he does say in, in verse eight, he said, "This is commandment which has been given to you from the beginning." And again, a new commandment I write unto you, and he's not contradicting himself. The old commandment that was summed up by Jesus Christ himself, and he used it in a a new way. He didn't include all the ten. Y'all are very familiar with this. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40, uh, Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God when they asked him what the, the greatest commandments were. He said, uh, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, uh, uh, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then he adds something to that. He says uh, in the next verse, All of the law and all of the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, the love that he's talking about, the love of God and the love God gives us for each other, It's what everything else in the Word of God hinges on. Y'all, when we don't have the love of God, we got love. When we don't have love each other, we don't have God. That was what we talked about this morning. John went on to explain that to us. We have to love one another. It can't be a phony love. It can't be a fake love. It can't be a put-on love. It's got to be a genuine love because the love of God is not phony, fake, and put-on. It is genuine. Amen? Amen. God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. He loves every person, but for the church, for the same people, we are not asked to love one another. We are commanded to love one another. And when we can't do that, we're in bad shape because he says when we don't love one another, the light does not shine in us. Oh God, help us. Now, This, this is something we need to, to, to listen to, adhere to. It's something that we really, really need to, to make sure that we have the love of God in us and the, and the, the, the proof of that is how much we love each other in Christ. Isn't that something? God has always got a lot of giving and he's got proofs that you have received. Amen? And our proof that we have received the love of God is that we give that love to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, we, there's some scriptures, in the, and I love this, in, in, a, in a, this first John chapter four, and verse eight, we're gonna be preaching this here pretty soon, but this is what it says, he that loveth not, knoweth not God. And then he makes a statement. He says, for God is love. The definition, the description given of God by John, the one who walked with him, talked with him, Laid his head in his bosom. The one that saw him die saw him resurrected. His his, his definition of the, of God and summed up with one word: love. Love, not the phony, fake, yucky, puky love of the world, but a genuine, heartfelt love of God—a love that we have trouble comprehending. Uh, Jesus quoted uh, the, the the scriptures that Jesus quoted. One of them was in Leviticus 19 and 18 and it's a little longer than this, I'm just going to give you the part he quoted, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And when he said that, and and when he was given the Levitical law, God was talking to Moses, he gave him this scripture, and Jesus quoted this again, later on, we just read it in Matthew, and he said, when he said that, he said, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, and he adds something to that, he said, I am the Lord. In other words, this is what you're going to do, because I'm God. Amen, I'm God and you're gonna love one another. You're gonna to to love your neighbor as yourself. It, like I said, it's not a request, it's a command. Deuteronomy 6 and 5, he's talking to Moses again and he's having him to write all this stuff down. That's why Jesus, well, Jesus was the word, but that's why we can read the word in the Old Testament right now and we know what they're talking about in the New Testament because every, listen to me, Every scripture that Jesus Christ quoted in the Gospels was the Old Testament scriptures. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me the world's trying to say, that ain't no good. You don't have to worry about the Old Yes, you do. <laughs> you do have to worry about the Old Testament. Jesus Christ was the Word in the flesh. He was the Old Testament Word in flesh. Amen. When He came, the New Testament <coughs> had not been written yet. So when the Bible says He was the Word, that's the Word He was. Yep. Now think about that. And so he says in Deuteronomy chapter sixty-five, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. But Jesus said it another way. What did He say? He said, "All your soul, all your." He said, "With all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind." Amen. You know why? <laughs> because He's fixing to change our minds because he thinks and say you don't need your mind anymore, you need my mind. Paul said, we need the mind of Christ. Our minds have got to change. We're gonna get into that in a minute, how that, how that works out. It works through the Holy Spirit, amen? So, <clears throat> so these are the, the things. So what, what is the difference now? What is the difference in the time Jesus came, and, and I mean in the time God gave the, these commandments to Moses, and the time when Jesus appeared, what changed? There was something that changed.
1: The sacrifice
0: changed. Pardon?
1: The sacrifice changed. He, well, he
0: yeah, the sacrifice totally changed. changed. The sacrifice actually went on seventy years past Christ. At the end of seventy years when the temple was destroyed, there was there's not been a sacrifice in the temple of God since that time.
1: Yeah, but Yeah, but there shouldn't have been any. It didn't have to be any sacrifice. No, they
0: didn't. But the real difference is as that darkness was not prevailing anymore because something happened in the darkness. Y'all know what it was? Christ came. And guess who he is? The light of the world. Now, when Christ came and pronounced this, what the New Testament, Old Testament was talking about, he is the one they were talking about. He is the one who came, and Isaiah even prophesied that there were people in great darkness, but they saw a great light. This is the light that we saw. We, we saw Jesus Christ come into the world. So the difference in the Old Testament and the New Testament when it's said because light has now come into the darkness and we get to understand what was in the darkness, what was spoken in darkness has now come to light for us. And this gets even better. Because when Jesus died and rose again, and he prayed, had prayed to the Father to send us the comforter, and he said he's going to send the comforter, he's going to live in you, he's going to teach you all things. the light begins to shine even greater and brighter, but where? In our hearts and in our minds. As we receive the word of God, as we receive the spirit of God, then we are able to receive the word of God, we're able to understand the word of God, we're able to live the word of God, because we know the word of God. Amen? That's why it's important that we read and study the Word of God. You going to get it all right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Now, matter, matter of fact, I have to say to this y'all before, the more I study, more questions I got. The more I study, I find some answers, and there's more answers that I need. So it's an endless thing. We can never study enough. We can never read enough because we're never going to know what God knows. We're not capable of that. But the light and the love of the, of, the, of the world entered into darkness and now the true light of God shines. Praise God. The light has entered into the darkness. Now John addresses the contradictions of man and God again. He addresses the issues of us just saying we love just saying, we believe, look Look again in verse nine. He that saith, y'all see that? He that saith, he is in the light, and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. In other words, if you say I live in the light, I have the light in me, Jesus in me, yet you hate your brother, you're a liar. Because when you say that, you disqualify any light that you might have had because you're commanded to love your brother. It's the second greatest commandment, remember? It, and the only one greater than that is the love of God. If you don't have the love of God in you, you, you're not capable of godly love anyway. That's why there's an order to everything the Lord does. There's an order to everything Jesus said, And if things are done in His order, they happen the way He says they will. Y'all see that? You understand that? Amen. You know, I love it when Isaiah said there was darkness and, and there was this light and the Gentiles saw a great light and they came to it. Well, that's us. We got to come to the light that's shown in the darkness. It came first to the Jews. Remember when the, the, the I believe it was, they, they called it the Syrophoenician woman that came and wanted to beg Jesus. Jesus was sitting at the table and she begged him to come do some healing for her. And he looked at her and he said, Look, called her a dog. Didn't you remember that? And you remember what she said? She said, "The Lord, the dogs get the crumbs from the table. And he marveled at that woman, this Gentile woman that came asking a Jewish man who came to be Messiah of the Jews. Amen. He knew he was going to be her Messiah too. But she didn't. She needed something from him. And he looked up at all the people at the table and he said, I've never seen such great faith anywhere. And he looked at her and he said, you go your way. And what you've asked for has happened. Woo! Glory to God. That's what happens Amen. when we encounter the light. Things change. Amen. Things change. Everything about us changes. We're going to get into this even more here in just a minute. So I need to move on. So he he addresses this, and he says, it ain't good enough, I tell you all the time, saying it, you got the easy part over with. Mm -hmm. Saying it means nothing until you do it or you obey it. If you don't obey it, don't say it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because if you say it and don't obey it, you're a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And you're not saved, and you're lying. That's how important this stuff is. You say, well, brother, Gary, I wish you'd get off your high horse about this stuff. You can't get off until you get this part right, and none of the rest of it means anything. That's what John's trying to tell us. He's telling us that in his gospel. He tells us in the, first, in the book of First John, you get over in the Revelation and see what he's gonna tell you about this stuff. You're gonna see the result of not doing it right. He's going to show you the the reward of doing it wrong, of doing it right, and he's going to show you the result of doing it wrong. It's all there. That's why he's adamant in in his teaching that that people know this is truth and know we've got to do it. Amen? Y'all ain't saying much. Well, he told us, he said, if you, if you say that you have light, and you hate your brother, you're, you don't. You, you're, you're living in darkness even unto now. So we've got to remember that, that it's not about what we say, it's about what we do and who we are. Now, he, he goes on to explain some things about the darkness. And he said, he that hated his brother, in verse 11 is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth. if you're walking in darkness according to him you don't even know it amen you don't even know where you're going nothing looks right to you has any y'all ever tried to walk in the dark without a light now I can get up at night without a night light on and, and I have memorized where everything's that good enough is as long as needed, don't move it. I can actually make it from one spot to another spot without hurting myself. Amen. But you're gonna to have to know where you go. You're gonna going to have to really know where you're at in the dark. I prefer to have light, don't you? You know what happens when we start losing our vision? How many of y'all started losing your vision a few years back? Yeah. And what was that? What was y'all? We said, I need more light. And the doctor said, no, you need prescription lenses. (laughs) But you still need light. Even when you can see good, light is what you need to see with, amen? And so we have to have the light of Jesus Christ to see the things of God and to be able to obey the commands of God. And we don't have the light. It's impossible because we are in darkness. We're in darkness. And so it don't work that way. And so he, he begins to, he tells them this thing and he addresses this and he starts talking to the little children and he starts talking to the, to the, to the uh, fathers and he starts talking to the, the young men. I want you to look at the end of verse 14, what he says. He said, uh, and the word of God abideth in you. That's how you've overcome. And you have overcome the wicked one. Mm-hmm. You have to over, listen to me. If you don't have the Word of God in you, Satan will chew you up and spit you out. Amen. He will use you anytime, place, anywhere, any way, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen? Amen. But what David tells us in Psalm 119 thy Word have I hid in my heart that I won't sin against you. He gives us power and authority by the Word of God amen the word of god tells us to rebuke satan out in the name of jesus christ and he got to flee from you that's having the light in you and the, not only the light the light brings power because when the light shines in the darkness things become visible amen and we need to light things up around us now i want i want to take y'all to uh to a few scriptures that uh, because they have been forgiven, they've been forgiven, they've been uh, they've been forgiven for Jesus' namesake. They are in the light. And he addresses these fathers, these young men, they have all overcome the wicked one, which is Satan. If you would, would you look in Revelation right quick to, for me with me in chapter three? There's two scriptures in chapter three that relate to overcoming. First one is Revelation chapter three, verse five. Now listen to this. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Y'all know how you're going to go to heaven and get in white raiment? Overcome. Now that's going to require something. Overcome means that you have overpowered something else. Amen? That's why you got to have the power of the Holy Ghost to be a witness for Jesus. The power of the Holy Ghost gives you the power to overcome. How do we get that? Because Jesus has already overcome him. Where? Right there. Right. He, he got the victory. He's won it already. Amen. We're still fighting battles, but he's already won the war. Amen. And he said, if you want to join me in this place of glory, If you want a white robe, you overcome. I'm going to give you what it takes to overcome. You receive what I've got to give you. And if you don't receive it, you're not going to overcome. You're going to stay in your darkness. Amen. And so he says, he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, And I will not blot his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. I want to hear Jesus say, this is my son, don't you? This is my daughter, this is my child. This one has overcome. I want to hear that, don't you? And look at what he adds to that, just how serious it is. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. This is the Spirit speaking to us. And Jesus, the red letter, letters, Jesus Christ speaking to us. The other scripture is over on verse uh, 20 and 21. Look at this, and, and 22. Behold, chapter Revelation 3, 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Very familiar. If any man, now listen to this, hear my voice, and does what? Opens the door. Now l- listen to me. <laughs> when you feel the urge, when you feel the Lord, when you feel that, or hear that still small voice in you, and you feel that need to, uh, to to pray, to go to the altar, to seek Him, to 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 reconcile with someone or him or him, do not resist that urge. If you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. This is what my Father wants you to do. Do not resist that. Open up the door, let him come in, and let him rule your heart. Let him have his way. And I promise you, when you do that, you're gonna feel better. Not bitter, better. Okay? Bitter and better is only a difference in I and E. If you don't do it, you'll feel bitter. If you do do it, you'll feel better. Now, how many of you would rather feel bitter than better? (laughs) I'm going to make a point here in a minute. No, I'm not really. Okay. And so he says, if you'll open the door, I will come into him. And look at this. I will suck with him. You know what that means? I'm going to come into your heart, and I'm going to have fellowship with you. Glory to God. Come on in, Lord. Let me make some coffee. Let's sit down. I'm gonna come in and sup with you, amen. Now look at this, and he said, I'm gonna come in and sup with you, and you with me, or he with me, to him, here he is again, that overcometh. When you open up the door of your heart and let him in, and he sups with you, and you sup with him, now you have become something you never were before, an overcomer, and you have power now that you never had before, over the one that you never had power over before, which is Satan, the one who wants to destroy you. This is where it comes from, y'all. I ain't making this stuff up. This is truth. Amen. He said, and and I will grant to you, I will grant uh, to sit with uh, you to sit with me on my throne, or in my throne, even as I also overcame and have sat down with my father in his throne. Jesus says, not only will we sup together, not only will we dine together, not only will I sit with you and you'll sit with me, but if you'll allow me to come in, I'm gonna let you sit with me on my throne. Wow. You know, we love to take the kids and get pictures took with them on Christmas of them sitting in Santa Claus's lap. Amen, we got that great big he got that great old big chair and he's dressed up in all the Santa Claus stuff And little kids get up there and they believe in him. Some of them do. And they'll tell him what all they want for Christmas and and then they get their pictures took with them. How many of y'all seen them pictures back during Christmas? I don't know how many pictures I saw of little children sitting with Santa Claus. Listen to me. There's gonna be a picture to be had one of these days. We'll be sitting in a big chair with Santa Claus. We're going to be sitting in a big throne with Jesus Christ. Why? Because we've opened up, let him in, and we have dined with him. And he has dined with us. And he made us overcomers. And we, through him, have overcome the world just like he did. And because he did. It's important. Amen. It's important and he said that and he said in verse 22 again this is important that you need to hear this he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches we better listen to what the spirit of god is telling us through the word of god we must love god first and we must love one another with a godly love and not become a stumbling block to another brother or sister. We have to walk in his light. We have to come out of darkness. And when we come out of darkness into his light, we will love one another. I got another scripture I want to look at that I want you to help go with me too. Matthew chapter uh, 19. Matthew chapter 19, verses 28, and 29. I don't know. You may have never wow. noticed this scripture before because I've never noticed this particular word here. Listen to what he says. And Jesus said unto them, uh, Peter's talking to him. Then Peter, let me get back up point say, so Peter uh, said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? He, and he wants to tell Peter. Listen to this verily i say unto you that ye which have followed me now look at this in the regeneration Can i all say that this is matthew chapter 19 verse 28 the regeneration y'all see that word if you see it underlined in your bible it's important now he's talking to the apostles but this applies to us all that have given up stuff for him if you've given up a, a false lifestyle, a, a, a evil lifestyle, you have given up a lifestyle for Jesus Christ because you have received Him. Now listen, look at this. I looked at this word, regeneration. And I kind of know what it means. It means to re- restore or rebuild. But this is the, the what I'm going to call the divine definition of it. It is the impartation of divine life divine life is imparted to us which is manifested in that radical change in moral character of man from the love of life and sin to the love of god and his righteousness man i want to be regenerated don't you I don't want to be known as the man who said but lives an immoral, sinful, ugly, hypocritical life. A man who don't love his brothers in Christ. A man who don't love his church. A man who says he loves God as long as he's in a church house. But when he gets in the world, he's a thief, a liar, a robber. And a filthy person. Regeneration prevents that from happening because it replaces us. The the impartation of divine life means that he comes into us, the the, the divine life comes into us, and that's Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes into us, you can't get no more divine than him, by the way. And when we open up the door of our heart and let him in and he sits with us, this regeneration process begins. Now, y'all hear me? I've always told y'all, that salvation is a journey. It has a beginning and it will have an end. Y'all believe that? Yeah. Salvation, when you are saved, I don't care if you're 71 or 75, it is the beginning of the regeneration of who you are. Mm-hmm. And you may not live 10 years and whatever you've regenerated in that 10 years, you have moved on through that salvation and you moved into that salvation and what has changed to you from immorality to morality is all recorded in the book of the Lord. The book of remembrance. So we need to be have this regeneration. We need to impart Christ, the divinity of Christ into our life. And then it is manifested. That means it is revealed or you are able to see this divine impartation into us by the way you behave now. that's what he's talking about he said that ye which have followed me in the regeneration in the regeneration and your moral character have changed and has gone from the love of life and sin to the love of God and the life of righteousness when the son of man shall sit in the throne of his glory you also shall sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel Oh, when I was reading that uh, scripture this morning from Revelation, where it was talking about the new heaven and the new earth, and it talked about the new Jerusalem coming down, I stopped at a point. Right after that point where I stopped, the Bible says that the new generation has got 12 floors. Okay? And you say, everybody thinks, well, that's one floor for each of the tribes of Israel. No, it's not. It's one floor for each of the apostles of Jesus Christ. Think about it. Hmm. That is the reward he's talking about they're going to get. You're going to have your own floor in the New Jerusalem in the end. I don't care where I got a floor or not, Troy. I just want to be there. I'm like David. I don't care if I'm a a doorkeeper. Let me in. I want to be there. We have to regenerate to do that. We have to have him in us to do that. And it has to show. Now y'all listen to me. It has to show in your life. Amen?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Amen. you're not saved by works. But when you're saved, the works show you are. Right. Never forget that. Because you see the church of today, where that's not taught. You don't have to be doing anything. Just go on the altar, take that preacher by the hand, the other y'all will pray this prayer. Hey, you know what? One thing that unnerves me is for a preacher to leave a congregation in a salvation prayer and say, if you prayed that prayer, you're saved. That kind of me And some of the greatest preachers I've ever loved to listen to have done that. That's kind of impersonal, isn't it? We need to have that time. Because see, when the Lord does to your heart, that preacher don't know it. You do. And it's a beautiful thing, because as a pastor, I have gotten to witness when I can see it on faces. Did y'all know that? And I can't hardly see nothing anymore. I can see anguish on faces. I can see pain. I can see irritation. I can see anger. I can see all kinds of expressions that come on your face. Oh, you're making that up, I don't think so. I can see it. I can see shuffling, movement. Yeah, some of them just gotta go to the bathroom, I know that, but not all of them. I see grasping of the pew. You know why? Because he's doing this. He's wanting you to do something and it makes you uncomfortable. What's he wanting you to do? Just open the door. And let him. I've seen people resist that from up here. But praise God. I've also seen people when they open the door. One of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen is when a person opens up that door and lets Jesus Christ in. You can see it on their countenance. You can see it on their face. You can watch them as they come up that aisle. They don't even see who's up here. I don't even know if they know they're walking. I remember the night it happened to me I was in the middle of a pew, surrounded by people. I mean, there were people everywhere, and I was in the middle. I got in the middle because I had no fear of wanting to have to get up and get out. I had no intention of being saved. I came there with nothing, lost. But all of a sudden, something happened. I'd felt it before. Mm-hmm. And I was able to suppress it. Mm-hmm. Why would we want to do that? We want to live in darkness. We want to stay in darkness. Mm-hmm. We want to have our sin. Mm-hmm. We're addicted to sin. But not that night. That night, it didn't just go. <laughs> it went Like it was late and here I am 23 years old I run through a brick wall I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof I'm handsome got hair <laughs> <laughs> and he's knocking on my heart and I remember this all I remember was one but well I remember something else she went I think I was hearing him knock on her heart, too. She went, and you know what my first thought was? Lord, thank you for saving that woman. (laughs) But he was pounding on mine. And I remember turning toward the end of the pew. And I don't remember taking another step. And he saved my soul, he saved her soul, and he started a process of regeneration in our lives. Has it been easy? No. Has it been sinless? No. But it's been a walk I wouldn't take anything else for. Amen. <laughs> because in the end, When all this is gone, we're gonna be in a better place. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: And you see these tears, I cry all the time. They're gonna be wiped away and they'll never come out of these eyes again. And you say, you mean those eyes are gonna be? Yes, they are. Job said, with these eyes, I will behold him. In this flesh, I will stand before him. Job knew it then and we know it now. Jesus Christ is alive. He's on his throne. Salvation is still available. He still knocks. And heaven is real. And what he said about gonna happen to this place, it's gonna happen just like he said. And only those who are saved are going to survive. The rest will burn with this earth and stand in judgment and burn for eternity. I don't want to go there to you. And we need to listen to the word. We need the light to shine in our hearts. And we need to manifest the love of God from ourselves to a lost world so they'll know we're real. And we're real because he's real. Any questions? We just stand. We don't have any music tonight, so we're going to do a silent altar call just for a few minutes. It's my prayer, if you've got your head bowed and your eyes closed, that if the Lord has spoken to you, shown you anything that He wants you to do, I pray that you would do that now. Do this message, please.
1: Father, oh, thank you so much. For you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord. Lord, we, we really can't project the words <coughs> to you sometimes that we feel we need. Lord, we just want to we just want to thank you for what we have, not for what we want, but for what we have, Lord, which is everything that we need as you have told us. Lord, we thank you for Brother Gary, we thank you for the church, Lord, the the people in it. Father, we thank you for that knock. And we know there'll come a time when you quit. There won't be another knock. Lord, please... Please watch over us and, and bear with us until we get there, Lord. Amen. Lord, thank you for the service today. It's, uh, it has touched my heart, and I know it's touched me. Lord, please be with us as we go through the week. Don't let us forget this as we walk out these doors. Care with us. Let us think about it while we're in our daily routine, Lord. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 What?